0: hello and welcome to the third basketball iq podcast and thank you for joining me today on january 7th 2018 and happy new year to everyone apologies for the extended break as i decided to take some time off for the holiday season but i am back now and be uploading consistently every sunday from here on out um don't forget to follow me on twitter at basketball iq pod and please like and share And share this podcast, and if you weren't aware of all the platforms I'm currently on, I can be found on ZCast, Anchor, and Spreaker. Um, So for today's topics, I thought we'd take a look at Isaiah Thomas returning to the Cavaliers and how things are going to play out there. Um, How good the Raptors can be currently, as well as our weekly winner of the week. So, to start off with Isaiah Thomas, uh, currently with the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's averaging 20 minutes in two games played after returning from a major hip injury over the offseason. After which, he was traded from Boston to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving, of course, who is now a major star and Isaiah Thom- Thomas' replacement in Boston. Um, Isaiah Thomas uh, publicly has been uh, stated his disappointment. In anger about the trade, especially towards uh, Celtics GM Danny Ainge, seeing that he gave everything for the team and he was a star player, of course, um, and stating that he did everything he could for the city, and he feels slightly disowned. Um, and on that note, um, he did, he has not spoken to GM Danny Ainge, the person responsible for his trade, um, since it has happened. Um, He's made many public comments about his disappointment and how angry he is and how offended he was by this trade, um, but he's here now and he's going to really try to turn uh, this Cavs team into something that no one can compete with. Um, last season, he averaged 29 points, 1 steal, 6 assists, and 2.5 and rebounds all shooting 46% from the field. With Boston and was a second was an all-nBA second team member um, so of course last season everyone was aware of how good he was um, and he was quite good he was arguably a first team player um, but of course he did meet the second team he was a standout star in Boston um, he's probably the team favorite among fans um, and he was a go-to guy in that team when you needed a big shot or you needed a big play, and or just someone to put up big numbers, uh, especially in points. It was definitely Isaiah's job to do that. Uh, he was definitely the leader of the team, um, just pretty much the straight-out star of that team. Um, and I think everyone was well aware of that, that it was his team, and he did things his way, and I think definitely shows um but unfortunately, of course, for him, he was traded, and he's not on that team anymore, so things have been restructured there. Um, but, of course, that's not the topic of this. It's about him returning to the Cavs after this major injury. Um, and, of course, recently in his return to the team, scored 17 points in three minutes in his second game, and in his second game, he scored 19 points and four assists while getting two rebounds. Um, so, of course, he was been he's being eased into the team as to not re-aggravate the injury, so of course, that means not playing too many games as well as limited the minutes, which he has been doing, um, so that this won't, this injury doesn't reoccur. Of course, this, uh, it's been documented that this injury has um, been shared by many other players and has entered careers even, so just for him to be back is something big, but for him to return to his level that he once was at will be even bigger, and we'll have to see if that's able to happen. Um... And it'll be interesting to see how things play out with Isaiah Thomas, the player he is in this Cavs team, around the players that are there. I definitely think that this team will be very hard to play against with Isaiah, LeBron, Kevin Love, Dwayne Wade, Tristan Thompson, all these guys are there that have very specific roles in the team and are very hard to play specifically, too. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, which we'll touch on in just a moment. But um, we'll have to see how everything goes. Um, I think that the defensive pressure um, that he received last year, of course, being the star of the team, and everyone knowing on opposing teams that he was the guy to guard – so they put defensive a lot of defensive pressure on him last season. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. So that may allow him to have more freedom on offense to do his thing. Um, because of the other stars on the team, of course, LeBron demanding so much attention with all the skill he has, um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what freedoms he's able to get um, while everyone is guarding LeBron and Kevin Love and these big guys that these other teams really need to re- pay attention to among Isaiah. Um, and on this note, I said, so with guys like LeBron and Kevin Love on the court, Andre JR, got to respect those guys, and the two or three guys on defense are going to be on number 23. So i got a lot of space, and it seems like the court is more open than it has been in the past. And I think, you know, he's completely right about that. He's going to have a lot of open space, um, and this is also going to allow the court to be spread out, which, of course, we're seeing a lot of teams do nowadays in the NBA. Um, we're going to see more uh, of the floor being spread and everyone among the perimeter, and one guy in the paint fighting his way. Of course, it may probably be uh, Tristan Thompson, but of course, you could see Kevin Love down there um, doing his thing. Of course, th- with that, uh, the floor spreading, there's a lot of different plays that uh, can be run. Um, With this team, the versatility is really whatever you make it, Um, whether that's running place to Isaiah or Kevin Love or LeBron, even to Wade or JR, there's a lot of things they can do with this team. It's a very versatile team. And now that you have a really formal point guard and traditional point guard, um, it's definitely going to open their uh, playbook up much more. So I think that that's, of course, a benefit to them just because they'll be able to do whatever they want. They're not really limited as they were before while they had Jose Calderon Isaiah Thomas' temporary replacement on the court. Um, They were slightly limited, of course, running things more with LeBron and Kevin Love, um, doing a lot of pick and rolls and screens and high screens. Um, That's what they were mostly limited to, but now this opens another playing field for them. Um, So they are able to take full advantage of what their personnel can give them <clears throat> um, and you know with that I think um, Isaiah and Lebron are going to have a lot of space to drive into the lane and kick out to the other players of course they have a lot of shooters and they'll be able to kick it out to them when they're driving into the lane because of course they just they deserve so much respect when they're in there um, so the teams are going to definitely gonna be guarding them and are going to be pulled in when these guys go into the lane and drive And, of course, that's going to open a lot of open passes among the perimeter for the likes of Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, of course, for them to put up threes and get some good shots and open shots. So I definitely think, among many plays, just the drives that uh, they'll be running will really open up a lot of shots. And, um, And then on defense with Isaiah... Of course, he's not a good defender. He's five nine, so you can't expect a whole lot, and you don't get a whole lot. He's not the best defender. Um, and the Cavs currently are tied for the 22nd worst defense in the whole league. Um, and I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to be helping that at all. Um, not that that's what they got him for, but um, it's definitely going to not improve things. But I feel they can still get calls on out there, who's probably a better defender than him. Um, of course, even their third point guard, Derek Rose, isn't a great defender, but um, they'll have to figure that out, but I don't think that's going to be through the likes of Isaiah Thomas. Um, so they'll have to figure that out along the way, and how he's going to play into their defensive scheme. Um Of course, Isaiah Thomas is also playing for a contract. He's on an expiring um, contract with the Cavs, so he's got to prove that he is worth the max deal that he expects he's going to get. He's openly stated that he's going to get that max deal, and with this contract, of course, people are going to be um, hesitant to give him a max contract because he's unproven now. He's had a major hip injury, and they just don't know. Um, So he's definitely going to have to prove that he's worth that contract that he thinks he deserves. So he's going to have to lay it all on the line, whether that means risk an injury again, um, if he wants that contract or not. Um, And I also think that in the coming months, on the same sort of track, uh, LeBron's also going to be playing for his future. Um, I think, depending on how things go, um, it's going to play out LeBron's decision on whether to leave or not, and probably go to the late... Lakers, which is where I believe he'll go. Um, that's a whole other subject, though. But I definitely think that this season is really a deciding factor on whether uh, LeBron stays or leaves. And I think it'll definitely be interesting to see how much effort he puts in to their success. Because I definitely think um, he wants to win championships. But I definitely think that he is definitely open to the fa- uh, fact of leaving. Uh, for the Lakers, I don't think that he's completely dedicated to this team. He's come back, he's given them a championship, and that's what they wanted, and he's done that for them. Uh, of course, the Cavaliers I'm talking about, um, and I don't, I don't think he owes them much. I do definitely think it'd be look bad to leave, but I think everyone knows it's eventually going to happen. LeBron is not going to retire a Cavalier, um, at least not now. So I definitely think there's another team in LeBron's future. And I think, depending on how things go this season, it's going to be a major factor in whether he leaves now or later. Um, And it's also going to be interesting to see how Isaiah Thomas is going to adapt to this new team. Um, He's a ball-handling port guard, but so is LeBron James. Of course, LeBron James can play any position on the floor, but he's a ball handling guy who likes to bring the ball up sometimes, and it'll be interesting. Where does he fit in if he's not bringing up the ball? Um, and when, what does he do when he doesn't have the ball? Of course, he can shoot threes, but are you just post him in the corner? Because of course he's an easy guy to stand in front of um, if he's in the corner. you and defend him. Um, so it'll be definitely. I'm not sure how he plays into this team when he's not handling the ball. Um, because I'm sure LeBron is still going to want to handle it some and bring it up and make his own plays. And to do that, he's going to have to have the ball, and Isaiah is not going to. So it'll be definitely be interesting to see how he reacts to that and how he plays through that and tries to still have success, because I don't think it's not going to be easy because he is a ball-dominant point guard. Um, And given that he'll definitely lose stats. You're not going to see Isaiah Thomas put up the same type of numbers he did in Boston because he's now the second, maybe third, maybe fourth guy that teams have to worry about. Um, Of course, their main attention is going to be going to LeBron and whether that means that um, that opens more area for Isaiah or whether that limits him because he's just not going to have the ball because there's these other stars on the team. Um, It'll definitely be interesting to see whether his numbers go up because of the openness that he receives or down because he just doesn't have the ball as much as he did in Boston where he was the main guy and he was the go-to guy for big plays and now he's not. Um, of course, LeBron is a big one of the biggest clutch shooters in NBA history. Um, while Isaiah gets respect, I think they're going to be running plays late in the game through LeBron not Isaiah thomas so it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that this team may not be the team for him whether these factors come to play and whether he can adapt to them or not so we'll have all to right see now i thought we'd move on to the toronto raptors and their situation currently um i think there's a lot to talk about the raptors um but most importantly what is their ceiling as a team in an organization um how far can they really go with the players they have and their strategy currently? Um, so that's something I thought we discussed today. Um, so currently they're sitting at twenty-seven and ten, and they're second in the Eastern Conference. Um, of course, that to be expected in the th- two or three spot, um, along with the Celtics and Cavs. I think, of course, of course, undoubtedly they're one of the best teams in the East. But how good can they really be? So currently they're third in points per game at 112, um, and 19th, n- excuse me, ninth in points allowed at 104. Um, so of course 112 points and being third in points per game is obviously something very good that their offense is working. Um, but could they improve to get to that number one spot and be as good as the, uh, as even Houston or even the Warriors? Um, that's something to think about, and of course, there's some room for improvement on defense, as they're ninth in points allowed, with 104. Um, so of course, um, small rooms for improvement, but otherwise, their averages are pretty good for defense and offense, yet they sit at uh, two, excuse me, uh, second in the east. Um, so of course not first, but of course still good. Good place to be if you're looking to make the playoffs. Of course, second is very good. Um, But something to think about um, is that since 2013 14 season, they've pretty much finished with the same records every year. So, starting with 2013 14, they finished 48 and 34. Next season, 49 and 33. Next season, improving on 56 and 26. And then net last season going down to one, uh, excuse me, 51 and 31. So if you look at all those years, um, of course, all with Dwayne Casey, their head coach, um, I think they haven't really improved too much. I think I guess from they went from 49 wins to 56 wins um, two years ago, but otherwise it's not drastically improving. Pretty stagnant in the win column. Um, so, of course, that's something. But that doesn't show everything. There's more in, uh, to look at here. Um, I think the way that... Some, one way that they can improve is... Um, they're going to have to draft, grow, and trade. Um, as they've been doing lately, um, that's been where they've getting successful players. Of course, they were able to get Kyrie Lowry... And Isaiah, um, excuse me, not Isaiah Thomas, uh, Kyle Lowry in the off season and get him in free agency. Um, so we're able to bring guys, a few guys in, but I don't think their strategy should be to bring guys in. I don't think Toronto is the most attractive destination for guys. Of course, being cold, a different country, you know, it's just it's just not ideal for a lot of NBA players. I think a lot of them want to go to the West Coast, as more have been doing. Um, of course, the Western Conference is insanely popular as a free agent destination nowadays. I think that's where guys want to be. Um, so, I don't think free agency is going to be the best way for Toronto to improve um, and become a championship caliber team. Uh, I think they're going to have to draft, grow their players, and trade them. Uh, that's going to be the only way to get new players and get better players. Um and I don't think anyone is safe from a trade on this team. I think any guy on this team, including Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, any of these guys, DeMar and of course, I think all of these guys are threats to be traded. Um, I don't think anyone is safe from a trade here. I don't think any of these guys on their team are superstar caliber by the likes of LeBron James or Giannis Akashin I don't think any of these guys on the Raptors' uh, depth chart are safe from being traded. Um, they aren't at that level where they are max contract for eight years. Um, they are, these are guys that are good pieces to build on. I don't think these are guys are franchise players, despite DeMar and setting all these records. But, of course, Toronto isn't the most storied franchise. So, as if we think, no one is safe on this team, and um, anyone can be traded at any moment, as we learned from Isaiah Thomas um, in his trade. I think um, Toronto needs one or two players, especially at center, small small forward, to replace the likes of CJ Miles and Jonas Valanciunas, who can make a significant uh, impact, but don't have to... But don't have, but they don't have the trade pieces to land a major star without losing their current stars. I think you know if you trade DeRozan, you just get another good player. I don't think you can use DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry to land someone else because, of course, then you're losing the likes of Kyle Lowry, and um, or DeMar DeRozan. And where have you improved? I don't think you've improved a lot if you trade one star for another. Um, and maybe that's the case with. Um, the likes of uh, Cleveland and Celtics swapping point guards, um, have either team really improved? Um, of course, it's probably too early in the season to make a judgment on that. Um, we'll, have upspe- we'll get some answers to that, of course, in the postseason um, and their performances. But is swapping one star for another really going to improve a team significantly? And that's some one thing that the... Uh, That Toronto is going to have to take a risk on If they want to find out Um, I think this is A pretty conservative team In my eyes And their organization is pretty conservative Um, I don't think they make Big splashes financially um, To get Big players that they think May have a big future Um, But of course They did take one with uh, Kyle Lowry I'm sure they weren't expecting him to become what he Um has become, or maybe they did expect it, and they were just right, and everyone else was wrong. But um, I don't think they're the type of team to just go out and give someone twenty million dollars over two years when they were a role player. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think these guys—they they are going to stick to their strategy of drafting uh, not the biggest name players. And then turn them into something expendable, as they've done with DeMar DeRozan. Um, And of course, if they continue this level of success, they're not going to get the best draft picks. And if you're finishing this high in the uh, standings, you're not going to get good draft picks. So they're kind of in a tough situation where they can't really improve. The way that some other teams can, like the uh, Sixers, where they were able to gather stars over the years through the draft, and now they have a really solid team because of their bad ske- their bad play over the past years, but they aren't in the situation where they can tank, of course, and just get a bad pick or a good pick in a bad place. I don't think they're in that position, and they don't want to be in that position. They're in a they're in the middle position of it's where it's do you go, do you try to grow from here, or do you trade away and start over because you've reached your ceiling with this team? And I think they may have reached the ceiling. I think maybe there's just not a whole lot for them to improve on because let's say they trade DeMar Derozan and, and they get a good center, and then but where's your shooting guard now? Where are you going to make up in the shooting guard? Uh, of course, with the unlikelihood of signing someone in free agency, it's going to be really hard. I don't think they, they can prove dramatically by trading one of their stars. And I don't think they can prove dramatically by getting anyone free agency because I don't think it's a high destination for players to go to. So I think they're kind of stuck, and they have to decide if they think they're able to grow from here or if they just need to start over. Um, and that's going to, of course, be hard for them as they've been trying at this for many years now where they've had a solid team in the same position for a few years, and it's kind of been stagnant. It's hard to watch that as a fan, I'm sure, and as an organization where you're just in the same place every year. And I think fans are going to start getting tired of it, and they want change, whether that means being really bad for three or four years and trading away all your pieces, or making one big push and changing your philosophy as an organization to get a superstar and spend big money and really recruit as a team like the Warriors would. And I also think part of the problem is um, the philosophy, just their mindset. For one thing, Kyle Lowry needs to change his way he thinks on and off the court. He needs to be a leader and unite the team to work harder because, of course, if they want to get to a championship and they want to win the championship, if they work really hard. Of course, any team can get there, as long as they have a good, decent personnel. I think anyone who is in the playoffs can win the championship, Um, and of course, they'll be in the playoffs, and I think they can win the championship if they just want it that much more than the other team. Um, But that, of course, Kyle Rally's going to have to trust his team, um, and if not, he's got to get them into the mindset, into playing to where they can get to the championship. I think he has to be a leader of this team and unite them to, for one common goal, of course, being a championship. Um, he's got to be the guy or if not him, someone's got to be the guy that's going to be the leader of this team and really unite them in one common goal. Um, and Kyle Robbie does have trust issues and he, you know, he's bounced around from team to team. He's was always passed on in point guard battles uh, for roster spots. He was always passed on. And now he's in this place where he thinks he's going to be gone at any minute. And he could be. He's definitely expendable. I think everyone, again, everyone on this team is. Um, So he's got this thing in the back of his mind where he's thinking that, oh, if I mess up, what happens now? Do I get traded? And, of course, that's in the back of every player's mind. But you gotta forget about that. You gotta move on from that and just play for with a winning philosophy and do whatever it takes to get the win. And I think that's how he's got to start thinking. Um, but the problem the problem is is that in the playoffs, opposing teams won't slip up. So you control your own destiny. This means you know finishing games strong and playing to your strengths and maximizing them to your best of your ability. Um, and, of course, that can come from coaching, that can come from gameplay, that can come from mindset, but you got to do what you're good at and play to its max um, and use it all up um, because in the playoffs, that's what's going to come down to what can you do good that they can't, um, and that's what separates teams from the good from the bad, um, and you've got to want it that much more, and if you slip up once, then you're done in the playoffs. There's no second chances Especially if you're going against the likes of the Cavaliers, they will take advantage of your mistakes, um, so you can't give them any uh, any way that they can take advantage of you. Um, and I think this is a this is a this is a team where they rely a lot on the ISO, and I definitely think that's going to have to change. Um, Lowry and DeRozan are one-on-one players, and that doesn't seem to work in today's quick-paced NBA. Um, what happens when DeRozan or Lowry fail to put up the numbers? Where will the points be made up? Um, you know, what? Uh, if the opposing team blitzes these guys, of Lowry and DeRozan, these ball handlers, these ISO guys, where do you turn to? And I don't think they have a piece where they can, a third option, where they can give the ball to if they're in, under pressure. I don't think they, they have a guy where they can give the ball to and have him make a play uh, like the way DeRozan or Lowry can. They can make their own plays. Um, I don't think they have a guy like that, or at least a guy that they can rely on for a big shot that's not the big two. I don't think they have anyone like that on their team, and I think that's something they're going to have to definitely have to figure out, whether that means, of course, finding someone in free agency or whether that means getting your personnel to be better at what you need them to be better at. Um, So they definitely have to figure things out um, in order to do that. And one of the ways that they can just maximize their personnel is ball movement. I think, of course, today's NBA is very fast-paced. There's a lot of ball movement, spreading the floor, and... I think you have to move the ball in order to succeed in today's NBA. They're just gonna have to change. They are very low-rated in ball movement and passes and uh, possessions per game. And you gotta keep uh, the defense on their toes. So, I think ball movement opens a lot of shots that you may not get with an ISO team. These guys they work incredibly hard, DeRozan and Lowry, to get these shots in ISO situations, and it's not gonna work every time. It It just doesn't. They're not going to make every shot. They're not going to get that step back every possession. So by moving the ball, you're opening up shots and you're spreading the floor and you're creating spaces for guys to fill and get open looks that the defense may forget about. So I definitely think uh, this Rapture team is going to have to change either their playing style or their uh, front office philosophy in order to succeed and grow, and if not, where does this team go? to close up the podcast today, I thought we'd take a look at our winner of the week, and for this week's winner, I've selected Gerald Green, a a new member of the Houston Rockets. Um, Currently, Gerald Green is averaging 25 minutes a game after being signed from free agency recently to make up for the injuries that they have of James Harden and Luke Mute. Um, so he was picked up, and he's averaging 25 minutes a game in six games, uh, 50% on field goals, 51 from three, three rebounds, and 16 points while putting up 27 and 29 in two of the six games. Um, just for a little backstory on Green, he's played for eight teams in his career, so this is a journey guy. Um, he's had no real stability in his career. Um, he's still only 31 after being drafted out of high school um, by the Celtics. Um, so, this is a journey guy. He's bounced around. He's struggled to make his mark and get a lasting job. Um, but he's returned back to his home team of the Rockets after being emplo- unemployed for many months. Um, and he's found somewhere where he's really settled and he's been able to take full advantage of this opportunity that they've given him. Um, He's always been a guy known for his like energetic uh, dunk dunking ability um, as well as a good shooting player, um, but he's just n- f- not found any stability in his career um, for more than two or three years. Um, whether that is in Houston or not, uh, we'll have to see, but um, he is taking full advantage of what he's been given, um, and I think that he's been thrilled about it. Um, he loves this team, it seems. He, this is his hometown se- team. Um, of course, being from Houston, even got the Rockets are bred into his hair. So he's definitely committed to this team. And I think he's very thankful for the opportunity that they've given him. Um, and he was unemployed for a few months, um, After getting the call-up to the Rockets, um, he said, all I've been doing is shooting in my driveway and playing one-on-one with my Rottweiler. Green told ESPN after his 29-point performance off the Rockets bench in Thursday's uh, 124-114 loss to the Warriors. Um, So after these good performances, he signed a one-year deal, non-guaranteed for the second uh, he said no team wanted me no team wanted me no team wanted me he repeated um no overseas team not even a d-league team so this is the only team that took a chance for me and for me i'm just so overwhelmed and excited about the t- opportunity um that's a quote from joe green he goes on to say you know what man i've been kind of thrown around under the bus a few times in my career so it's not the first time i've Seen that little area before for me, what I did was just keeping faith in myself Obviously once it gets to be November and December and you still don't get any calls you either lay down or you fight so I'm just continuing to fight and God bless me with this opportunity now. I've just got to try and take advantage of it the best that I can um, So it seems to me that he's extremely thankful for this opportunity as he thought he was done um but he kept fighting and trying to get on a team, whether that's overseas or in the NBA or anywhere. He just wanted to play basketball, and he's got this opportunity in his hometown, and I think he's thrilled about that. Um, and, of course, after being out for a few months, you're going to lose sh- in, uh, your shape, and that's been clear as he's trying to get back in shape and ex- play these extended minutes um, while the Rockets deal with injuries. And it's kind of shocking the way that he actually found out um, he was being signed. He said, I don't have any bags or nothing, Green said. Uh, I went straight to, from my, uh, waking up to hearing my son was sick. And I was like, okay, let me get my stuff and let me get my backpack. That's it. I didn't get anything. I had to th- I had to borrow basketball shoes and everything. These are Trevor Ariza's, so if I can shoot like him tonight, that would be good. As he, um, uh, that's a quote from him while he was, uh, working out before signing the 10-day deal. And then after of course, after that signed the one-year deal. Um, But yeah, he was actually visiting his uh, sick son in the hospital when he got the call, and he went straight to the airport after hearing that his son was okay and got on a plane to Houston. Um, So I think it's crazy how everything happened, but of course it's worked out for the best. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please like it, uh, share it. Um, And please listen to my future podcasts. They'll be up every Sunday on ZCast app, um, as well as Spreaker and Anchor. So if you ever want to listen to future podcasts, which I encourage you to, you can find me there. Um, Of course, follow me on Twitter at BasketballIQ, capital I, capital Q, pod. Um, Follow me there for updates on the podcast. And just stay tuned for future updates on everything that's happening. Um, and get an inside look. Um, Thank you again, uh, and Happy New Year.